Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of People with Problems. Today's special episode is featuring my friend Anna Pao. She is a music fiend, a lover of all things local, and of course, uh, she's actually studying law at the University of Las Vegas, Nevada. So she's out there killing it in the real world, and I decided why not link up virtually, of course, and just check in and see what happens. So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode of People With Problems, where we just talk about some local music, uh, a little bit of, you know, what it's like to study law, and a bunch of other neat little things in between. And here we go. Hey, Anna, how are you doing? Hey, I'm good, and you? I'm doing good. Uh, just tired. The whole online teaching thing's tired. I'm sure the online schooling thing in grad school is exhausting as well. Yeah, no, it's so exhausting. And like Wi-Fi going out, computer shutting down, the Apple Store not being open. That doesn't help. The Apple, you know, it's you know, it's funny because now that I think about it, uh, you're because I have two friends that are like going to grad yeah. school for like like and, st- and studying mm-hmm. law. And I, I always have a bunch of students who want to study law. And I always, like, bring you two up because you're the only two I know. But I And I know my other friend is going to Michigan, but I always forget where you go. I just know, I just say, yeah, she's in Las Vegas. That's all I know. Um, so it's the law school at UNLV. Is that, like, a, like a really hardcore program? Um, well, Boyd has the number one writing program in the nation. <laughs> <laughs> okay flex You're, on I'm us flexing my school i'm proud of my school um your education I'm proud of it worked hard to get here um but no i mean like in what regards or i don't know just like they always say grad school's tough oh so, yeah uh i'm assuming that like uh they always say like the more uh like ambitious the program like the the more renowned probably the tougher it is uh so I'm just wondering like like what does your school schedule look like are you like someone who's just working school like crazy like you know 20 hours of school work a week or something yeah so I have classes Monday through Thursday but I'm also interning and it's a lot of intensive reading because you're like reading cases you're getting prepared for class um occasionally some classes do um you know, give out like frequent assignment or quizzes, but it's not that common um, in law school. It's more like, you know, you go to a class and participate all semester. And then at the end of the year, you have like one big test, if that makes sense. Yeah, I've heard about that. So like, if would you beat Kim Kardashian? Like if you guys went head to head? Oh, oh my gosh. I don't, is she still, is she still doing that? Like, I'm so confused of like, I like I'm so confused as to what as- her what she's doing. Also, I'm not very familiar as to what California like like their testing requirements because I feel I think she mentioned that she's like interning with someone and she's also studying, but I mean, I'm not familiar with that at all. Well, she's she's got good like DNA in her cuz her dad like freed oj simpson yeah he was pr- so. well he was part of the dream team he he the, yeah he was what was the dream team um shoot i should know all their names 
<laughs> it was just like an ultimate set of lawyers to like get anybody out of a pickle. Uh, yeah, so they were hired, and the media was um, coined them the dream team, basically because I mean. If you're familiar with the facts and you followed the case, you're like, yeah, they they pulled some strings. Like the famous, the if the club, the glove don't, yeah, does the glove fit yeah, his hand? He's like, if the glo- glove don't fit, you must acquit. Like, ugh, it was just, it's a lot. Um, That's well, I'm sure. Like, uh, she's got some of that. I from I remember reading something about like Kim Kardashian. Uh, she freed like a bunch of people or she was able to get them out of like jail sentences and they were like for things like like marijuana and stuff like that yeah so but i mean that's like stuff on twitter and i'm not gonna lie i didn't really pay as much attention i'm just like well that's cool she's trying to be a lawyer like that's pretty interesting right um what's it called so i just looked it up that some of the dream team lawyers were J- robert shapiro i don't know why i wanted to call him johnny shapiro but it's robert shapiro johnny cochran robert K- kardashian f lee bailey and like a few others um just like uh backtracking on that but yeah i see that she posts now and then regarding different like uh people she's helped freed um for like different reasons and to be honest, uh, I don't really follow her as in general as a person. Don't follow her that closely. Wow, you don't follow the Kardashians, right? I'm sorry, I, I don't follow them. Like, that's a travesty. They're like American heroes. Oh God, no. <laughs> <laughs> they they uh, um they are the embodiment of the American dream. Um, Born privilege and then keep getting uh, rising and rising and rising. You know, it's the land of opportunity, and that's one thing they sim- they do know a lot about. They uh, they know a lot about opportunity. Well, yeah, seizing the moment. Like I'm pretty sure they that's how they've gotten so many deals, and they continue to be influential, whether you know consciously, unconsciously through products or just them posting on Instagram. Yeah, I I don't know. I've, I've never been a big Kardashian fan either, but I do kind of, like, appreciate that, like, they've been able to, like, build this, like, very sustaining brand. Like, it's, it's, like, synonymous with, like, the biggest brands out there. Like, so it is what it is, but I'm kind of over-talking with the Kardashians because we need to talk about you. <laughs> <laughs> you grew up, uh, you grew up in El Paso, yes. right? Am I correct yes, on that? Yes, born and raised. And then, I, and I met you while I was working at a tea shop. I remember you walked in and I think you had like green hair or something, like, or maybe green hair. Uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember that time in my and life we- where I had very colorful hair and I was I don't know what I was doing. No, just kidding. I was going to UTEP and um, I ended, I first, I started off with blue hair, then had pink, purple, no purple, pink, and then eventually green hair. And then I was like, you know what? I have to cut it all off and then rocked the short bob and went blonde. So you're blonde Uh, or was that like? I don't remember you going blonde. Not like like platinum blonde or anything like that, but like uh, bl- a lot of blonde highlights for sure. They're like in more noticeable, like in the shorter, in my, the short do that I had. Um, 
But yeah, right now I currently have um, what's it called? Just highlights. Okay, so you're a little bit untraditional. You're not like super. Is it business professional? Like, are you trying to keep that look? Or are you gonna change like the lawyer look? Like, you're gonna get like a neck tattoo and and really go for uh, you know the new wave of uh, diversity. Um. So I uh with the with the blonde highlights, those are professional. I mean, they're all technically. I mean, depending on your definition, but they're all uh, natural hair colors. If that makes sense. Um. It's not like I'm gonna go into the courthouse with rainbow hair um but i mean you know lawyers nowadays a lot the workplace and just like the look of it is changing a lot like a lot of attorneys have not that they're like you know going in and like tank tops to the courthouse but like you know in the day-to-day office um when you're not meeting with clients it's not like you have to like hide your tattoos like every single inch of them you know closed off to the world um but yeah I mean it's all about maintaining that professional vibe or look in the best way possible but it's not that like you know it's not like what one traditional traditionally thinks per se yeah you know I I always think it's interesting because you're someone who's and, you know, being a lawyer, I think, is a pretty big deal. And I think we need, like, more diversity in, like, bigger, in, like, jobs like that. Like, I think we need more diversity in, like, teaching doctors, uh, lawyers, and stuff like that. And so you're kind of, like, pushing your way through there for this Hispanic culture. That's pretty cool, don't you think? You ever, like, think about stuff like that? Or does that ever, like, fuel your fire? Um, yeah, I mean, what's it called? <laughs> My mom didn't go to college, uh, so it fuels my fire, as you stated, in a way where I want to do better. Like, growing up, my mom always wanted the best for me, and she wanted to get the best education I could get. So in that way, like, yes, it fuels my fire. I hope that once I'm graduated um, and I get, a, you know, an income and, like, you know, progress in life that I'm able to give back to her everything that she's helped me with um, in order to achieve my goals and all that. I bet your mom's like super proud uh, of you. Yeah, she doesn't stop and sometimes I'm like, mom. <laughs> Are you an only uh, child? No, I have a younger brother. What does your younger brother do? Uh, he's in high school. Oh, really? What school does he go to? Uh, Westside High School. Westside High School. Westside High School. That sounds like a movie. It's high school in the West Side of El Paso. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay, so there's there's like a handful. So I figure it out. But to to be fair, I also I do work on the West Side High School. Ah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a I, I make the commute from the East Side to the West Side every day. And it is quite the the morning journey. Obviously, not anymore. Right, I feel like with quarantine, at like hours that used to be super busy are now like manageable. Yeah, well, because I save like two hours, maybe like an hour. Yeah, but like basically almost two hours a day of driving time. Yeah, but I hate. I absolutely. I am not a big fan of like staying home and stuff like that. Like I was doing a really good job in the beginning. 
like I was doing like like I was like oh I can do this like I was staying home and I was you know trying to stay like productive like and positive uh but eventually like all that kind of got derailed I am like an like I'm a very big extrovert and so like people fuel like my soul and my energy and so like when I'm even like if I'm in the home like my house like all day even though I've been out like out, out and about doing like a bajillion things and I have that like one day where I stay home it doesn't feel comfortable like I feel like oh man I'm just not enjoying this yeah no that makes complete sense I mean I'm I like to phrase it as an extroverted introvert um that's how I'd best describe myself but um no I totally get what you mean like I go yeah it's hard it's hard what's an extroverted introvert like um I you like to go out but you enjoy your yeah like, alone time? exactly and um i'm pretty shy like if i don't know someone like i'm not one to be like hey hi like what's up um like i remember when i first met you like you totally like you were the one who basically started the conversation and then that got me talking and all that good stuff but i'm not one to just like feel like Unless I, like, have something, like, I'm commenting on, like, something. But, like, other than that, I I don't tend to just, like, start conversations like that. I just, I remember, like, one of the big things I remember from you is that, like, we, you would always, we would always talk about music. Yeah. And then I remember you always talking about, like, local music. You'd be, like, and you would go to, like, local concerts mm-hmm. a lot. Like, that was, like, your theme. Like, you were big on, you were always big on, like, supporting local, too, which I thought was yes, cool. Yes, and I still do. I try to support local as much as possible. Like, what's some of the, the things you've done? Like, well, like, are you supporting local in, in uh, Las Vegas, too? or? You... Yeah, so when I, my summer has been spent, well, my house in El Paso and here in Vegas like um when I was in El Paso like I like local restaurants whether and I ordered from local places like Viejo Coffee I went to Little Shack as far as I'm concerned it's not a big franchise went to Don Carbon um and other like like other restaurants or services that are just local to El Paso that we're doing like to-go stuff you know yeah, I I miss um. There's a lot of good restaurants downtown that close. Oh really? That I was yeah that I was upset about. I I wish I knew the names off the top of, of the heads. I just knew where they were. Oh at. sure. And there was like this like really good like uh, oh it was like a Philly cheesesteak place that was downtown by the plaza. Oh. It was so good. That whole like section is like cleared out now. Unfortunately, like it, it's just like all up for rent. Dang. And so. I mean, things are opening up slowly, whether um, that's, like, a good thing or a bad thing. It's, like, another conversation. But I do feel bad for, like, all the people who did, you know, put a lot of stuff into their business just to kind of not be able to, to, like, basically fail, not because of their business plan, but because of something that's, like, so far out of, like, their circumstances and their reach that it's just, like, yeah, like, damn, that must keep you, that would keep me up at night if I was, like, this COVID thing just ruined my life. Right. Like, no, not like feeling like you, can, you can't do anything to control the situation. 
Yeah, and that's a big problem I have. Like, I'm always trying to control things. I'm like a big control freak. Oh, I see. You're not a control person? You're a go with the flow? Um, depending on the situation, like, academically, I like to be on top of everything as much as possible. Not necessarily go with the flow, but, like, in day-to-day life, I guess. I do like I do like having stuff planned out, but, you know, that's just... Do- when things don't go to plan, do you get upset? Uh, mm, sometimes I, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. It depends. Like, did I plan my day? Or, like, you know, like, it's one of those things where if it was something casual and it didn't really need to happen, like, fine. Like, you know, sometimes plans happen. Sometimes things come up. But, like, if I, you know, told you um, and I planned my whole day around it, and there's not like a valid excuse, just poor planning or something like that, then you know. Oh, yeah, when people like flake. Yeah, on like it's one of those things like where I'm like, um no. <laughs> who who doesn't hate flakers? Right. Like, come on. Like we especially when you have like the I'm like someone who looks forward to like doing stuff. Yeah. So it does suck when like they fl- when but by you know, I think by like when you get to know people, you kind of start knowing, like, who, who okay, well, you know, we can't invite Johnny Boy anymore because we know he's probably not really going to come. You know, you, you gave him enough chances. Right. Exactly. And you're just like, so, well, is he even, like, a good friend or she's even a good friend? Like, it's all those things. Yeah. Well, and I guess, like, everyone's different. And, like, I know some people, like, deal with, like, anxiety. And sometimes a lot of reason they won't go out is because, like, their anxiety starts flaring up whenever they, they want to go out and do stuff. Yeah. Uh, and so they end up just canceling. And so I've become like more mindful about stuff like that because I, I never really understood that. Right. Um, I, you know, uh, but kudos to anybody who does go anyway. Like I know a lot of people do like sacrifice like a piece of what they're feeling for the sake of like, hey, because, I mean, I guess if they're flaking on us, they're putting themselves first. Is that really a bad thing then? No. Or, like, I will put... Um, yeah, like, some people just... I mean, in the in terms of, like, being anxious like that, then it's totally understandable. Like, yes, put yourself and your mental health first. But, like, I feel like there's just different levels and different circumstances. I'd like to say, like, a case-by-case basis. Oh, that's like the lawyer in you right there. <laughs> Like that's a case by case basis. Yeah, as every good lawyer or what every lawyer is gonna tell you, it depends. Like any question you ever have, it depends. That's our universal answer. Cause why? The facts are different. There's different variations. There's different things going on, and you know, you gotta argue it a certain way. You gotta research for and look for certain things that might help change an outcome or whatever the case is. Do you ever do you ever feel like you're, you're like you know I'm pretty good at arguing like what made you want to be a lawyer like how did that come uh, about some people I know it's like a de- like they realize oh I'm really good at like talking or oh, I'm good at debating and it- so what was what was kind of your journey well for me it's not necessarily like oh like you know it's debating and that's the only thing like that was part of it um, and just being able to argue using facts or whatever the or, or whatever facts surrounded things but um uh just like circumstances of life um 
And also, like, I put my, like, yes, I like doing art. I like listening to music. But I'm, like, I'm not about to become, like, a world-famous musician, you know, like, or, or, like, medicine. Like, I can't stare at blood. (laughs) Like, I can just can't look at injuries like some people can um, or needles or things alike. So it was, like... I don't know I liked it a lot and like right now my biggest passion I like so I like personal injury I've done civil law but I really like um and I haven't decided exactly what I want to practice in but I really like intellectual property and that's basically um copyright so copyright trademarks uh patents all that good stuff I did a lot of that, uh, that last summer I feel like that's so complex, the whole copyright thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Especially when you get into, like, intellectual property, because it's, like, you can own, you own your idea, but you never owned, like, you need, like, a proof that it was your idea to begin with? That's kind of... So, um, we get... Um, so basically where we get our copyrights or our rights, um, is from, so for the copyright, you'll hear if you're taking like copyright classes, uh, trying to find the right wording. Oh my gosh. I'm like blanking, but it's like basically your, I, your oh, idea. If I was another your, lawyer, if I was another lawyer, I'd be like objection. Well, first of so all, I can mess with your head I'm more. a student, not a, an attorney. Objection. <laughs> objection. Um, <laughs> So basically, uh, it's like your idea is valid in a way. Like I'm trying to like explain it in layman terms. Like so, when for people listening, um, it's basically like your idea. You can protect your idea upon it being on a tangible medium of expression. So basically, if it's only a thought, that's not really gonna help you out in court, right? But if you you know, jot down your idea on a piece of paper and you have a blueprint for it, right? So that basically, that's your copyright. Or like if you're drawing a picture and you draw it on a piece of paper, that is your copyright immediately. However, if you want to like sue someone who copied you or whatever, you have to register it. You know, that way you can prove you were the first one, yada, yada. There's a lot of very, very um, varying factors, I guess. Um, but basically we get that from article one, section eight of the constitution, um, where it's like our founding fathers wanted us to promote the progress of science and the useful arts (laughs) and copyright and trademark law. Well, IP law has evolved and it's constant. Like, I think that what's, what makes it hard is that it's constantly changing given like technological advances, you know, like you see all these YouTubers who put up fair use disclaimers on their videos because it's like, hey, like, I'm not the owner of this song or I'm not the owner of this video, but I'm using it for, like, commentary purpose. And, like, you'll have to look, look at the different... I Like, I can go into fair use and the factors as to how much you used, why, or why would it be infringing or why would it not. But, like, ugh, I love... Yeah, it, IP is not easy because it's like I said, it's one of those law uh, fields of law, um, legal fields where, given our world today, it's it's a lot, and it 
surrounds a lot of things and covers a lot of things and you know it doesn't only affect us as Amer- like as US citizens it affects the world like you know you never know if someone on the other side of the globe is infringing on your thing but uh, I can keep talking about it but I won't bore anyone and I feel like I would have well, to Well like- so here's my question I have a question so like if I show a movie to uh, my class I can do that, uh, and that's not a violation of copyright. But if I show a movie and I charge them to watch the movie, then it's a violation, right? Um, yes, no. Uh, I don't want to answer specific questions, um, first of all, because I feel like being on the spot like this, it just makes me not, like, no. <laughs> but um yeah like it's because we 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 have to fundraise and so sometimes like the kids are always like oh well, we can show a movie night and i'm like i don't think we can guys like i think that's against copyright but i never like actually done research we usually end up just like selling popcorn yeah <laughs> that's usually like the, we're just gonna sell some popcorn right so... or we're gonna or we're gonna do a play and then in the play obviously i do have to pay for the rights for the performances right the performance i was about to say that just goes into a whole nother realm of things like performance public performance and just being able to like you know play certain songs or certain movies or certain plays and just paying for those rights to be able to do all that hence yeah well I'm a big like I always try and because I know like uh, a lot of people will like produce plays and they'll never pay for the rights and it, and I'm just like, well, one, it's illegal, right? But it's also wrong because you're, like, taking away money from, like, artists who created that and, you know, are depending on that to make a living. Mm-hmm. You know, it may, it's so interesting because you're, you're someone who's always supported the arts. And in a lot of ways, you're kind of, like, defending it, too. Like, you're, you're defending people's right to, to their content, which is very – because you have your own little blog, right? Um, <laughs> desert of my eyes. right so i don't defend it on my blog like uh i started i so when it comes to your statement i would hope that i'm doing that in the future at some point if not like i said i'm still exploring different um fields of law um and finding exactly what i like but when it comes to my website i started that in uh well i was still in undergrad and then you started in 2017 um oh you remember oh my gosh i can't i I don't know um i don't remember the exact year but if you say 2017 that sounds about right um but when i i'm like really confident that that's when you started it (laughs) when um i started that with a friend who um she was in my french class and we would always basically how that came about is we would always go to like different little tea shops and places during our break. So after French class, we usually had a big break and that's when we would like go, you know, downtown or to the tea spot, uh, spout, sorry. Um, I'm pretty sure you've met her, but like we, it was, the idea was based on like, Hey, like we go to all these places. Maybe we should like review, um, the places we're going to so it started off with the idea of reviewing not necessarily like hey let me interview you but as soon as we started talking about it we were like you know what would be good it would be like 
good to interview these places simply because, you know, they're local. We don't really know their backstory. A lot of these places have, like, you know, they're family-owned or they have, like, a purpose where it's, like, you know, um, they have a theme or whatever the case is. And so we thought it would be better if we interviewed the places. And I'm pretty sure the T-Spot was one of them, but it was always more geared to... um, hey, let's shine a light on local places, both in El Paso and Juarez, and just share the community, this community, this sister community, the sister city community with people throughout the world and the U.S. And slowly, um, well, the girl I started it with, she left, but um, I've been the one who's continued it. And, you know, we, I like to showcase people, places, bands a lot of bands um usually bands are the ones that reach out the most and they're like hey we just released an album can you do a review or hey we're gonna release this can we do an interview or sometimes vice versa i'll reach out to them and be like hey i love your new material can we do an interview or hey you're coming to town let's do an interview or let me take some pictures and do like a little at your concert and I'll do like a little like concert review or post or whatever the case is. And it all depends on, you know, some bands manage, they're like very, very indie or just starting. So it's like different, but like with bigger bands, they have their, their publicists and, you know, you're allowed to only post on your website and it's just a lot of other little things, but you know, right. The purpose is to just showcase the arts in a way and just talented people in our community. But not not defending them, but I I hope. Um, well, like no, your 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 website is like your own little thing where it's like a blog. Right, like right, right. Well, I would call it a blog, like where you're showcasing things. Right. Uh, so so I wasn't trying to like confuse the two things, like or, or mend them into one. Right. But but I I under like because I remember I remember I'd always uh, check your stuff out because I remember you'd like post a cool little picture and then I would go to the link and I, and I, re- I remember reading some about like some articles about like photographers yeah and I remember you would like interview them and talk to them and stuff like that yes so, so I was I always thought that was something neat that you did yeah I remember you always talking about local music I was like how does this girl know so many local pe- like music oh people? my gosh I used to go to lowbrow all the time <laughs> I miss did lo- I miss going to. Did it close? No, it's still open, and uh, Tricky Falls closed. Lowbrow's still open. That's it's a, it's getting turned into a church. Ugh. Oh, I I don't even want to go down that route because I commented on that and I said basically along the lines where I'm like, oh man, Tricky Falls is got bought by a church, and it was this whole debacle. But really, yeah. Tricky Falls was like is like a really beautiful venue. It is. It's like super beautiful. Yeah, and like it's it just has like emotional. Um, it's You're yeah. A lot of people are Most... emotionally attached to it because it's like you basically grew up or went there for so many years, just going to concerts and seeing bands you love, and it's just one of those things where it's like, it's yeah. It's I think people like when you say darn it's being bought by a church it's not that you it's not the church it's just like oh it's like an end of an era exactly people don't understand like when you say that i i don't like when people jump to conclusions or don't 
like understand why you said it that's a whole another thing but it's like yeah it's just like an end of an era like club 101 clothes like just a, like even if you walk downtown you see all these abandoned buildings or buildings that used to be something else and you can like still kind of like remember what they used to be and now there's something else you know yeah i guess that's just kind of like how like things are always constantly changing but I, I do remember going to – some of the coolest concerts I went to were, were at Tricky Falls. What were some of yours? Ooh, well, Tricky Falls specifically. Let me see. I remember – oh, Jarabe de Palo was amazing. Sadly, Pao, the lead singer of um, Jarabe, passed away this year. But I, I – Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing them at Tricky and his – that concert was amazing. I got to see Waves there as well. Um, I got to see Green Day at Tricky Falls when they released their uh, Uno, Dos, Tre uh, triple album. And I think Billy Joe was like re in rehab or something was happening with that tour that they didn't go to the Don Haskins or another like the Coliseum. They were like, let's play Tricky Falls. And I remember that day a lot because I remember trying to get tickets and um, you know it's like a 300 person venue so it's like imagine trying to get tickets for Green Day in a venue that small <laughs> and I remember I put my card information and as I hit uh, check out you know how it does that little thinking thing where it's like mm, let's process and I remember it like saying error and I was like, and by the time I refreshed it and went back, it's like they were sold out. It was like literally like, I kid you not, it felt like a second, but it was probably like less than five minutes. And I was so sad. But then luckily, um, I called them up. I called the ticket people and I was like hey did this order go through and they were like yeah it did and I was like oh my gosh I want to cry oh was, so you did get through yes, I, was, I, I wanted to cry I was just like oh no did I not am I not gonna get to see Green Day at Tricky Falls but that was packed like when I say packed I like packed like packed 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 mm. but don't I heard that People were singing Bohemian Rhapsody like before they came on. Like it was like a big thing. Ooh, I don't. Do you remember no, that? No, I don't remember that. But I just remember it being so memorable. They came out with like water guns, and it was just like, it was just like a smaller version of a Green Day show. And by the way, Green Day shows are amazing. But yeah, like I, there's so many good bands that I've seen at Lowbrow as well. Like. Uh, you know, uh, Lipo did I see Lepotrets there? No, that was a they opened up for at the drive-in, but um, I saw Sotomayor at the drive-in. Wow, that's a local band. That's oh, the Mars Volton at the drive-in. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was another uh local band that was pretty popular for a while. I can't believe I forgot their name. I think his name's Khalid. Have you heard of oh. him? He's pretty low-key. Oh, That's... my gosh. He's not low-key, but yes, I do know who you're talking about. <laughs> He's probably the biggest, like, uh, mainstream artist from El Paso right now, if anything. Yeah, right now, yeah. Definitely. I, you know, it's in, have you tuned into, like, any of those Zoom concerts? Um, like, to check them out? Zoom. Oh, no, I haven't been to any of the Zoom concerts. I saw that. Orville Peck is selling tickets for 
one of the virtual concerts that he's doing, but um, I have not checked any of them out. I I went to so um, my favorite band is called Silverstein, and they did a a virtual concert, and so I went over to a friend's house and I watched it, and it was cool, you know. But it just you know it's not the same as live music or like live perform. It's like when we when Hamilton came out on Disney Plus, right. And it was like, it was like, damn, you know, it's cool. It's Hamilton. Like the music's cool and like, it's cool to watch it, but it's just not the same as, you know, being in that, er, that like energy of being at a live performance with like fellow human beings, like right next to you, feeling that like same energy, you know, it's live performances are very special. Yeah, they are very special. I think that's what I miss the most, like just the energy and seeing that person up and close um speaking of hamilton you're probably going to get mad but i've never seen it i just know people post about it all the time and i've been i don't have disney plus so don't get mad at me (laughs) you can borrow my account and then you can watch it it's like three hours long though so that's i don't know if you have time for that before school starts yes (laughs) before school starts yeah i'm like well it it's one of those um it's just like i think uh when you you know like as you i'm i don't know if you're a musical theater person uh but like you know certain musicals like define like certain like generations or times and i think hamilton's like defining the generation of like uh probably like well obviously not this decade but probably like it, the later decade of the of the 10s is that what we call them like 2010s the the, yeah the 2010s yeah. Uh, just just because it was so huge, you know, and it was everywhere. And like the other musicals like that were very popular during the time, they were big. But like Hamilton just like took off. And I think it was because of the whole music. Have you heard the music from it? So I know I've seen interviews with Lin-Manuel Miranda and I've seen that he raps like I think they rap. But um, yeah, which confused me at first because I didn't I honestly didn't know what to expect. I mean, other than it's going to be about Hamilton but I've seen, like, snippets, like, when he does interviews or, like, you know, the the host will be like, can you sing us a little something? And then he'll, like, start rapping. But, like, other than that, I don't really know a lot about it. Um, I bet it's amazing because everyone talks about it. The only – I'm trying to think what musicals I've seen. I mean, the Nutcrackers in a musical. I've seen the ballet. But um, yeah, it's a... I saw – oh, I saw American Idiot when they – toured and they came to the plaza they had green day's broadway musical yeah did you like that one? yeah i liked it that was a very that was a, a a very interesting you know that's like green day just being like yeah check this out we're gonna make a musical with our music yeah they and got approached so it wasn't them they got approached by um i forget his name but they were it was like a pretty well-known like um Broadway director, play director. Um, I don't know the technical term, but um, they got approached by him because apparently, from what I recall, is that that director, he like rented a car. He was working on something and the car had the Green Day CD in it, something along those lines. So he would listen to it on his way to work every day. And if you listen to the Green American Idiot album, it's basically like a play. Like you have characters involved and it's like, like as the songs progress like you see these different characters and what happens to them and I guess that director saw that caught on to it and like approached them and they were kind of skeptical at first they're like what do you mean you want to make it into 
Broadway musical, and lo and behold. I always find that fascinating, like, when, uh, you know, because I'm I'm so big on, like, storytelling, because obviously I'm a director, I'm a theater director. Right. And I teach high school, um, but, you know, we always talk about, like, elements of storytelling. I always find it fascinating, like, when I listen to, like, an album. And, like, like when you have, like, a high-concept album, you know, where they actually, they're, they're trying to send some kind of theme or message through it, or they're, like, telling a story. Mm-hmm. And, like, like for, like, today, an exa- like, an example, I don't know how you feel about Taylor Swift. Um, I don't know if you like her or not. Um, I'm not a huge fan of her music. Have you heard her? I'll, have you heard her new album so i heard illicit affairs and like cardigan and i can't remember which other one but i did listen to a few i honestly compared to what i've heard her do over the past few years um because it was very poppy and i was like uh i don't like her. like i feel like she, poppy Taylor. yeah like she I, I remember when she started off as like very country then it was like country pop ish and then it was like complete pop and then now this one is very like folksy like a- and like it's back to her roots and I appreciate it. Like again, I'm not a big I'm not a Taylor Swift fan, but I do appreciate the change in um style. St- like going back to that and just like toning it down for a bit. I I feel like it's her most honest work she's ever done, like ever. Uh because I think bef- uh when she did like her country. Mm-hmm. I think it was, she was very much like a... She was young. Like a child. Yeah. yeah, she was young and she was a much of like a child product. Like she had a lot of, like she was writing her own music at, uh, with a lot of help and a lot of like studio backing. And then I think like she just kept getting pushed like further into like that like poppy thing. And then she started dancing and like her music was cool, but it was never like something that I, I always felt like, like, like it never felt like Taylor Swift. And like, I think... F- with this album because i listened to it Mm -hmm. and i was like i was like i feel like this is the most honest taylor swift's ever been and like she's had some very honest songs before um but this one was just like very it's very heartbreaking like if you if you actually listen to the whole album it is it's like almost triggering like how honest she gets and then one of my students today was like oh and if you listen like each three songs does uh tells this person this person this one and then it tells her each journey from their different perspective i'm like what I was like, Taylor Swift is coming at us with conceptual albums now. She's, like, reaching deep into, like, her vulnerability and her soul. Yeah, I have read somewhere where it was, like, a concept album. And I read that her songs are based on, like, different stories. Like, one, I think it was Illicit Affairs, or one of them was, like, um, based on, like, this um, rich girl on the East Coast inherited like a bunch yeah of, it was like a model yeah like inherited a lot of money and she was kind of lonely and like blah blah and I was like I like I like storytelling like I think that's what drew me to that draws me to albums like that where I can see a story kind of like or like concept albums they're good but but I like concept albums that are honest not concept albums that are made for the sake of just being a concept album if that makes sense like so like what's an album that you think was like like made for the sake of being a concept album oh um can we wait let me think about that one i i think i can start off with which albums are like concept albums that are like and i think going back to american idiot like you have the storytelling you have the characters it's like that whole concept and it runs it's the same theme that runs throughout um whether it's political 
underscores mental health, uh, whatever it is. Um, Coldplay's Viva La Vida, I think. Oh, I that love was, that album. I th- that's, I mean, obviously, you know, Parachute and Rush of Blood to the Head, those are classics and X and Y, but something about them and their little like military outfits and just like going full color splatter and just having the painting and just the theme that theme that runs throughout all the songs in that album um did you did you ever hear about the copyright problem with the viva la vida song no i don't remember that one yeah so talking about coming full circle so there was a guitarist a uh, guitar player named joe satriani oh and he used uh, to <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and he used now to he, he used to play at this club, and and he had this song that the lead singer from uh, Coldplay would go to. Yeah, and like the little chorus of like "Viva la Vi- yeah. uh, Viva la Vida," it's it's I you can hear it. I faintly remember that, but here's the thing, and this is my issue. Like you know, you hear the Led Zeppelin "Stairway to," I'm pretty sure, "Stairway to Stairway Heaven. to Heaven." Yeah, that's the one with versus Taurus uh they that just got I don't know if it's fully settled but that's still an ongoing like dispute if I'm not mistaken um I need to check into that I rem- uh, when I was taking my copyright classes I was more on top of it in that sense but anywho yeah like here's my issue people that don't know how to play an instrument like myself included sometimes sometimes you can tell but sometimes you're like Oh, that sounds so similar from, like, afar. But then you, like, look at it on, like, if you ask someone who's professionally or trained in music and you see it on a sheet, like, music sheet, you're like, yeah, that's not similar. Or sometimes it's too brief to be even considered, like, you know, an infringement. Or, like, sometimes, yeah, you sampled it, you forget, and then, okay, pay your dues or whatever. But, like, yeah. Or some people, I, I, some people don't understand the concept of sampling. And... You know, people do like people. If you think a song sounds like another one, it probably they probably sampled it. Hopefully, they did it legally. You know, they asked it from for permission and whatnot, and they give credit where credit is due. But like pe- people need to recognize, like some people do ask for the rights, and if it sounds similar to another work, it's probably because it's sampled. Yeah. Did you did you ever see the? Was it Vanilla Ice who did the thing with Queen? That sounded like a thunder. Yeah, dance. no. Well, Vanilla he, like, Ice. He had like the. Way. So it was Queen and David Bowie who did Under Pressure, and then Vanilla Ice has this dun 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 dun. And then he's like, "No, it's different," and like he adds like one little little like, thing, like sound, yep. and it's so funny. He's like, "You see? Did you hear it?" Yeah, he's like, "It's different." And it's like the other one is dun 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 dun. And it's like, uh, you see, it's those little, little things. So he never got in trouble for that then? Like, that's okay? Okay, so I don't remember the facts of it and what happened or the outcome. I remember, like, I faintly remember it being mentioned in class and we looking into it. But not even, like, we didn't do a deep dive into it. So I don't remember. Um. I I just remember watching the video and I just found it so funny. I was like, dude, this guy's just... I felt like it was just like him just kind of like trying to like play the fiddle in a way like just like no this is my brilliance look at how I'm this is different obviously and it's just like some small little like like you can't even tell like um, unless you have like a trained ear exactly or unless you know exactly what's going on and it's like I 
I like music. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you've never picked up an instrument before. You never tried. So in elementary school, I did um, play the violin, but I never continued. And I think I just had very. I had teachers that were not encouraging at all. And that obviously didn't make me want to continue. That was part of it. And the other part of it was like, oh, you're an orchestra kind of like situation where I don't know. I shouldn't have let that get to my head. I know that's pretty dumb, but it's like back looking back, I wish I would have continued with um, the violin. And in high school, I took a semester of because it was cut up into semesters. So I took a semester of piano. And I wish I would have continued. It just, you know, looking back, I regret it and other circumstances of life. But I did take French for five years or six. Are you six years? Are you fluent in French? I wouldn't call it fluent. Like I can understand the basics. I can communicate. I, I think. Um, have you gone to France to test it out? Uh, I've been to France. I've gone to France. I tested it out in like high school, um, but I continued studying French in college. So I tested it out in high school. I don't know how well, but like I could do like the basics, like c'est uh, combien, which is like how much, or you know, où est de toilette, where's the restroom, you know, just like little things like that. I remember using that a lot back when I went. I'm because it's funny that you're saying that because I'm actually so next year I'm gonna move to Italy. Oh shoot! And I want, uh, yeah, and I want to stay there for like a month and a half. Uh, and so I, I just about two days ago I actually started uh, learning Italian. And you, this is coming from a guy who like has been putting off learning Spanish like his whole life. I'm just like eh, 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 and then. I, I made the choice, like, you know, I want to, well, I want to go out there and I want to study uh, some acting courses. I want to take some acting courses so I can bring that back and teach that to my students, too. Obviously, to, like, experience the culture. I also feel like, like, kind of, <clears throat> you know, I haven't traveled much in my life. Yeah. I went to San Diego recently, and that's the farthest away from my home I've ever been, which is kind of sad, if you think about it, uh, for me, at least. Uh, so I was like, you know, I want to do something, like, you know, like. But I don't just want to travel. Like, I want to, like, like live somewhere, at least for a little bit, and see how much I can experience there. And so I decided to go to uh, – I've always liked Italy. Like, I've always loved the, the look and, you know, the arts out there. And so that's where I made my choice. And then I I already have, like, the – everything's ready to go. Like, I have – I don't have to worry about, like, the financial aspect of it. I just have to worry about, like, how am I going to live, right? And so I was like, well, I need to learn Italian. Like, can't just go out there and be the American dude trying to – you know figure it out by only speaking english mm -hmm. and so but learning another language is kind of hard for me yeah at least like that's what i've learned yeah um i th i feel like it's i never actually started studying italian but i feel like it's similar to spanish with the thing with french if you know english if you know, especially Spanish, it comes a lot easier. Like you just grasp onto different words or the way you like say certain words in order because it, it follows a lot of what how you would, you know, say a sentence in Spanish kind of situation. Um, yeah, and I noticed that because uh, 
I, I was able to pick, so I don't speak very good Spanish. Um, in fact, I don't speak Spanish very well at all, but I speak, you know, basic phrases and I understand like basic talk, mm -hmm. but I can't carry a conversation. But like I was, able, I've been able to pick up like some of the basics pretty easy because of the little bit of Spanish I know, like the feminine and the, the masculine and the little differences like that. But then there's just some things that are just like, uh, they're a little bit more harder for me to like, I always get like the is, a, and the confused because they're, depending on the sentence, they're, they're different. It's the same word in English, but it's a different word in Italian. It's, and, th and that's where I'm like, oh my goodness, like I, I keep getting F's on my little test. Oh no. I keep failing. <laughs> it's like a little online app that I'm like, and I'm just there trying to like learn it. And I'll be, like, walking in the park, like, and I'll be, like, saying, like, the Italian, like, out loud. Aww. And people, like, are just kind of looking at me and just like, la donna. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. But, like, but, like, if you say, like, like, I'm going to say something in Italian, I bet you're going to understand what it means. It's a tu bebe la aqua. Oh. What does it sound like in Spanish? You drink water. Exactly. So, you know Italian. You got this. I got this. You already know Italian. <laughs> Now, you can say you speak four languages. You're like, I speak Italian, Spanish, French, I, and English. I'm going to say I understand basic Italian. <laughs> basic Italian. You know if, if someone's drinking water. You could tell someone to drink some water. Tu bebe la agua. La agua. It's aqua. Yeah, aqua. yeah it's like, yeah. like, yeah. Uh, yeah so, it, it's similar. I, I think drinking Spanish is tomar. Is that right? Or in Spanish to like tripping? drink water? Uh-huh. Uh -huh. Tomar, that's like the main. Yeah, tomar. Tu tomas, tomar. Quiero tomar. Yeah, tomar. Saying like, so then it would be bebo or bebe. Oh, uh, beber. Like beber. Quiero beber una bebida. Uh, yeah, I, I think it just depends where in Mexico and how proper or what word choice they use. You're, you're very, I remember, like, you're a very, like, Hispanic, um, like, I know you love Mexico. I remember us always talking about that. Like, I remember you're like, I just love Mexico. Like, I'm in tune uh, with my culture, my roots. Yeah. And that's something that, like, like I've been very gentrified. Yeah. As I've, uh, and that's, because I, I guess as I've grown up, uh, my mom, she actually comes from Mexico. Mm -hmm. But she always, like, she, I guess, like, the reason she always told me was, like, she wanted me to do good in school. She always made sure I spoke English first. And w in school, like, I remember, like, in elementary school, if you knew English, they were, like, great. And they just put you in your class, and they never taught you Spanish. Right. And I remember it was the kids the, the that spoke Spanish first. They were, like, in other classes trying to learn English. So they were, like, treated differently. And then I remember, I don't know how it was when you were growing up in, like, elementary school, but I remember we used to call them the Spanish kids. We were being little racists, and we didn't even know it then. Uh, we'd be like, yeah, that's the Spanish kids, because they, they speak Spanish. They don't know how to speak English yet. Yeah. And so I just kept growing up, and, I like, they tell you to take Spanish class, and it's like, well, I took non-native Spanish, so, because I didn't know any. And so I, I never really connected with, like, my Hispanic roots. And that's something I do kind of, like, regret. Like. So with your Latino roots, yeah. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that. I think it's a conversation that's been popping up a lot on, like, 
different social media platforms and just in general and like even when I took Chicano classes and just learning about Chicano culture here in the U.S. because like you grow I grew up we grew up on the border and it's like I have a lot of family in Mexico so I was pretty in tune with that and I was always trying to learn more and obviously growing up with American culture I was never opposed to any and I'm glad that my mom always made me speak Spanish at home because she said you're learning English at school all day like I don't mm. she's like I don't want you to speak Spanglish you know I don't want you mixing words mixing languages because that's not correct like it's not correct either in English and it's not correct either in Spanish which I look back and appreciate a lot um but it's when you mentioned that you were gentrified in a way like I remember learning in like my Chicano classes or even like online where people are saying hey don't make fun of someone nowadays because they look Mexican but don't speak Spanish a lot of the times they're like either first generation second generation but a, a lot of the parents were just so scared and just wanting to adapt to the American culture and wanting just to fit in as best as possible and stop feeling shunned that they you know they made their kids just learn English or whatever the case is and so, well, I make fun of myself. I call myself a coconut. A coconut. I say I'm, br- yeah, cause I'm brown on the outside, but I'm white on the inside. Oh, I've never heard. I've never heard that. <laughs> never heard that. It, it's a well, and you have now, uh, but so I've never been. You know, I couldn't even tell you. Like, I've only been to Mexico like once or twice, maybe. I want to go. Obviously, it's not safe to go right now. Yeah, with COVID. But. <laughs> Uh, but I wanted to ask you a quick question, actually, since you're very in touch with your like his- Hispanic roots and stuff, because I have a friend who's who's indigenous and he's like super, super like he always like like he said something to me that was very interesting one time. And he was like a lot of like Hispanic culture is colonized European culture that was uh, imperialized from like the indigenous people. Oh, definitely. And then like real, real Hispanics should try and get to their real answer their real answers are the indigenous side and so I always wonder like how much like of that have you explored because if I'm being honest with you I have explored the indigenous side of my culture a lot and I feel like I know more about my indigenous side than I do about my like the the Mexican culture like the my culture from Mexico um I think what you're trying to say or maybe if I'm understanding correctly like I don't, when you say indigenous, um, I see what part, like, obviously, depending on the part of Mexico, there's different indigenous groups and different cultures, like, culture in Guadalajara or, like, Mexico City, like, very from Oaxaca or Yucatan, you know what I mean? Like, anywhere, that's the thing with Mexico, it's like, you have northern Mexico and central Mexico, and then southern Mexico, like, that's, that, I think Mexico should be split in three, like, if you want to categorize the different cultures and just different like everything in each sense but um in exploring the indigenous side yes like i said i took a lot of chicano classes in um at utep um and there's great chicano teachers there as well um but i do recognize that it's very like you said it's you know the spanish came and just brought their disease and killed a lot of the indigenous people and that changed the face of 
not only Mexico, Mexico trying to adopt, you know, European things, but, you know, just in general, um, I do recognize that in Mexico, there's a lot of racism, like the lighter Mexican you are, meaning the more Spanish you look or the wetter you are, the more up in the hierarchy you are, like, it's just nicer, you know, people use very ugly words when it comes to having a darker skin color. And I think that's all part of that period of colonization where you start getting all those rifts between different like I mean classes there's always been different classes but, but yeah I can go on about that forever but I don't think that's that was the point of your question <laughs> well, well I mean I think it's very interesting I mean like this is something I have no idea about like, I, I feel, like, I'm over here, like, I feel good about myself because I listen to Bad Bunny sometimes. Oh, no. <laughs> right? Like, and it's, like, it's, like, I, and it's, like, but I don't really know anything about, like, I honestly don't know much, if anything. I'm very gentrified, I'm telling you. But, like, if you give me a test on, like, American history, I'm probably going to do a phenomenal on it. Like, really, really well. And then, like, I always, I was talking to a friend about this one time. He was a very, uh, he's a very proud patriot, you know? And I was telling him, like, and I was just, I was having, like, a conversation about how, like, we manipulate the message. Mm -hmm. Like, especially, like, I was, like, like, in America, like, we came and we took, you know, all of this land. Like, we expanded westward and we called it the manifest destiny. Like, that's what we were taught as kids. Right. Like, like, it was God's will. Yeah, it was God's will for us to expand to the west, regardless of the people already living here. Like, Texas used to be Mexico. And it's like, okay, go off, sis. Go off. (laughs) <laughs> yeah and then I, and I tried to explain that to to them one time I was like well like w- like the whole Texas thing was like Texas was uh upset with Mexico that's what they say and then so the U.S. came in and, and and I would be like that's like saying like Florida wanted to like succeed from the U.S. and then Russia came and helped them and then like Florida became part of Russia yeah but you know like we would look at it like 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 I wonder how Mexico teaches like the the spanish the mexican-american war yeah the mexican-american war and stuff like that i wonder how they teach that stuff like what's their perspective i have or like how like or like how people like all countries kind of do their own perspective on history yeah every yeah every country has their own perspective um just as we well not we as in me included but the way it's hard here in the u.s where it's like we won, you know, we took it. And in Mexico, I, I don't know, but I, would, I wouldn't I would doubt if they were like, hey, they stole it from us, you know, kind of situation. Um, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't be surprised to find out if that was the case, but I never took classes in Mexico, so I would not know. Uh, I wonder, I w- I'm sure there's like, uh, like, I have like a friend who went to high school in Mexico and like they could probably tell me their perspective because that's very interesting. Like I, and I always trip out on like the things they don't teach us. Like they didn't never taught us about like the, and this is coming from like a teacher, <laughs> you know, I'm just like burning the education system down right now. Oh, uh, oh, but, oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but like uh, they don't teach us about like the, I think it was like, uh, I don't want to pronounce it wrong, but it's like the uh, reprate, uh, repatriation acts of like the 1930s where they just like sent a bunch of people who looked like hispanic to mexico for the sake of uh the fear that uh they were gonna overcrowd the economic system do do you know about that um yes i don't remember the exact 
like thing like exactly like this I think year. the repatriations acts of 19 of the 1930s yeah i yeah. remember brief like briefly about that like how like in schools they gloss over the fact that the u.s also had like concentration camps but whatever yeah it's just interesting that uh i don't know i guess like as a because i'm a teacher right and i guess i'm lucky that i i teach i do teach theater so uh, i don't have to teach to a test but i always think that like like I always look at some of the stuff they teach, and I'm just like, it's so uh, we don't we're we're just hearing like a story, mm-hmm. like we're just hearing like a story, and it's not necessarily history. I guess it's subjective is what I try, what I try and t- like, what I take away from it. Yeah. But it it's just very interesting. Um, I hate like the test taking. I think it's so dumb. Like the mandated state testing. Oh, uh, what is it called nowadays? It's called Star That's now. That's what it is. <laughs> Did, I, w- I think I was the last generation to take the tax test. I was too. I, I remember it was tax and then it went to Teeks and then it went to to uh, Star. No, you know what? No, 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 no. It was before it was tax. It was Teeks. Oh. And then now it's Star. Star was after us. Interesting. And, yeah, and the whole testing thing is like, I don't know. I feel like you can measure like a, a student's capability in other ways than the written down test. Yeah. Do Do you ever feel like uh, I don't know. I guess it makes sense. Like when you're when you want to become like a doctor, or like a, I get like even a lawyer too, right? You have to take your big test. Like I don't know what the lawyer test the is bar, called, the bar, know, like, the bar, the bar test. Yeah. yeah. And, and bar always, exam, I should say. I'm not sure what they test you on. It's, it's probably just, like, I don't know if it's, like, theory or if it's, like, just, like, um, maybe, like, facts. Like, they're, like, testing you on, like, your knowledge of, like, the legal system, which I guess would make sense. Um, so... Because I would assume you need to know that really well. Yeah, so it varies by state. And by what I mean is each state focuses on something different and they test differently um just because you took the california bar exam doesn't mean you're okie dokie ready to go practice in texas it's like no each state has different requirements or different rules and how you can be licensed to practice there or what ex- or like um the school yeah they're just different requirements and they test on different things but obviously like um, tests on like contracts, torts, uh, civil procedure, property, you know, like all that good stuff. It's just like how much, how little, and what questions that's that all varies. So, if you pass, so like you're in Nevada, uh-huh. right? So, if you pass the test there, like, do you are you gonna like live there and like decide to like focus your profession in that area? I want to practice here for a while, but I do hope to practice like in texas and california as well later on in life so is the transition like you have to take another test um or is it i haven't looked into i think texas i forgot if it was last year or the year before texas is that i forget what it's called but it's like some opt-in uh option um where you can basically if you get like a certain score or if you take uh, you can like opt in and also practice in Texas, something like that. I haven't. I have to look now that I'm a year away from graduation. I have to like really look. That's gonna be my like winter break 
um, assignments to myself, really look into that. But like California, yes, I would have to take a separate test if I wanted to practice there right away kind of situation. But I, someone told me the other, the other day that California, if you practice in Nevada for like five years, then you would also have to take the exam, but not the multiple choice. But again, I don't know how accurate that is. I have to do my own research. Man, but the multiple choice would be the easiest no, one. No, it's, it's like hard the, when it comes... You know, no, a lot of people end up really? failing because of the multiple choice. It's because when it comes to law, I feel like there shouldn't be multiple choice because you can argue things different way. I, I don't know, just... Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense when you, when you say it like that. It's just that. hard because it's like sometimes, I don't know, I don't like multiple choice because I think instead of like, you know, getting an essay and explaining why you think it's like this or like explaining your train of thought it's like when it comes to multiple choice it's like there is just one right answer kind of situation you're like shoot and then you start yeah. overthinking you're like uh oh uh oh these two sound good and then it's like yeah i don't like i'm not a big fan of multiple choice i guess it just depends on like what your strong suit is and the way you think because like like when you when they test you on like multiple choice like you're using deductive reasoning so it's like you start eliminating like the bad answers unless like the i'm assuming with that test it's probably like stupid hard like they're probably like all really good answers and you really it's really to like testing like your your knowledge of the content Mm -hmm. where like when when it's like an open-ended question like a lot of it can be like this is your persuasive uh reasoning so how how you persuade or how you interpret and so, like, everyone has, like, their strong suits when it comes to test. That's why I think testing is so dumb, too, because there's so many different ways to test someone. And besides, like, sitting them down and making them right and then do multiple choice, which is the only two things we really test, like, in at least to graduate high school or, like, to go to college. They only test those or they make you write an essay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I could go, like, on and on about this. But I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and act like I, I know the answers either, because I don't. <laughs> I'm just like one of those people that complain. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's a lot to take in. But yeah, and so you're graduating in a year, and that must be exciting. So exciting. How are you going to celebrate? <laughs> I don't have you thought of that No, because people usually, like, they graduate and they start studying for the part test right away because you graduate in May and the exam's in July. So you have two months to preview everything you've learned in three years. Okay, so then what about when you pass, like, if you pass the, like, everything, uh, right? The like, bar, it's official. it's official. Ooh, man, I would hope to travel. I would hope to sleep, first and foremost. And th- and then I would hope to travel. Travel? What's it like on your traveling list? Um, I really want to go to Japan. I want to go back to Europe, but I do want to. I'm going to travel Mexico more, and I definitely want to go to the Japan and South Korea. Japan is awesome. Ugh. I've never been there, but like, oh, I thought I was about to ask. I was like. <laughs> I was like, no, I haven't been there, but I I watch a lot of anime. No, I like. Anime. I feel you like anime. I grew. I mean, obviously, I not to the degree of certain people's like knowledge, but like, I mean, growing up, I like 
watch Pokemon, Sailor Moon, Cartapir Sakura, you know, there was Naruto, and then obviously American anime, like Avatar The Last Airbender, and The oh, Legend of Korra. Yeah, no, those are good, but like all the studio... Those are on Netflix now, yeah, too. Yeah, and like all the Studio Ghibli films. Um, but yeah, like, but if you ask me like super specific, like I've watched the other movies outside of like Studio Ghibli and stuff, but like I'm not like a you know if you start going into the very very like underground ones like I wouldn't know how to answer your. They're not a weeb. You no. Know. That's what. Well, I guess I. So the weebs have taken the term weeb. It's like a positive term now. Okay. Like you're, like they're proud to be weebs. Like my students are like, yeah, I'm a proud weeb, Mr. Martin. Mr. And then they'll 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 total yeah and they'll totally go off on like all these cool, like. Like animes that I, I have no idea what they're about, or they're just so in. So I think I'm just like you too. Like I'm very like mainstream anime. Yeah, like I I wouldn't know any underground anything. Well, there's some pretty cool ones. I I saw a movie called The uh, Weathering with You. Oh, I saw that was like a big. I saw The Silent Voice the other day. It's on Netflix, and I cried. Oh, I cried I saw... a lot with anime. I don't know why they're, they they can get really sad really fast. You weathering with you, or no, I'm sorry, uh, uh, a silent voice is a really. I, I always like the theme and like the way it talks about like uh, communication, yeah. Like, it's like every single character communicates differently, and like that's where the whole struggle is. Like, this girl, she obviously can't speak, yeah. This guy, this guy, the main character, his trouble is he doesn't know how to speak, like, he, he can't communicate forward. One girl, the way she communicates is by being abusive, exactly, like. Like that one really mean character. Yeah, um, she was so mean. I was like, "What's wrong with you?" She was. I think she was. I think she was too mean. Like, I think they made her too mean. Right? Sometimes. I was like, that, if, if that was like a critique of my of the film. Is like if they would have made her a little more human. Right. Like kids are I, mean, but like I feel like in a lot of parts she was like very unnecessarily mean. Like it didn't even go with what was happening, and I was just like, "Wow, she's just mean." Yeah, it was just kind of like uh, we're just trying to make you more sympathetic towards this girl. Right? Like, she, the guy was in the hospital, the girl, and then she was just being extra mean. I'm like, dang, like, even after... Yeah. A traumatic experience, you decide to beat her? <laughs> yeah. Yes, but I think that was a really good film. I, I saw that one actually just recently, too. Yeah, I saw that during quarantine, so I, I saw the previews, and it caught my attention, and then I was like, oh, this looks good. Those qu- those quarantine movies. I know. I've been watching like a lot of like I rewatched the the Wizard of Oz. Um, I got HBO Max and like obviously besides having all this the, the Studio Ghibli films, um, I they have like all the versions of A Star Is Born. So the one with Judy Garland, the one with Barbara Streisand, like the one with Gaga, and I've been like watching. I have to I watched the Gaga one the other day and the Barbara Streisand one I have to watch the original one which is the Judy Garland one but you know I'm making my way through the list they have a lot of good classic movies on there like Bonnie and Clyde and Sophie's Choice and like Death Becomes Her oh that's a good one which one do you think's better so far from the the stars born uh so Honestly, the 70s outfits and the Barbara Streisand one, they're iconic. I was looking at her outfits. I'm like, damn, Barbara. Like, dang. These are iconic and still, like, I feel like an influencer would wear them. 
But um, I think musically and song-wise and how memorable it was for me, I, like I said, I still have to watch the Judy Garland one, but, like, the Barbara Streisand one, outfit-wise, memorable. However, like, song-wise and just the story, it's it differs in a lot of things, but still, like, overall the same thing. I think I prefer our version so far, our modern Kaga Bradley. Yeah, and, and, and and it hits close to home, too, I think, because it's more relatable since it's shot more modern. Yeah, that, too. I, I saw... Um, God, what was it? I can't even remember. Oh, you know what I've been obsessed with, though? I've been obsessed with the Zac Efron show on Netflix. Oh, my mom told me to watch that, and I haven't seen it. Look, there's a bunch of reasons to watch it, besides the fact that, like, Zac Efron's super handsome, right? Right. But, like, there's, like, some, like, genuinely amazing information. Like, and, like, he, he, like, travels the world about, like, how people, how different countries are, like, tackling like environmental issues oh, that's and how these things could be incorporated like worldwide oh. and so i i found it like super fascinating he even did one on like the education system like how like this community like got together and created this this education system where where they uh they get to basically choose where they want to go like oh today i want to do art and then they'll like you just go to your classes and if you don't want to do anything, you just, you don't have to, like, you can, like, go and help out and do something, like, do something productive with, like, uh, go make some food or something, you know? Yeah. And I thought, so I thought that was, like, really interesting. I was like, wow, like, that's a very interesting way of life that other people have. Mm-hmm. Who knew Zac Efron would go from um, high school musical to talking about the education system? I mean, he's... Oh, there's a lot of growth there, right? In in this career, definitely. I wanted to, I wanted to do High School Musical this year at my high school. Oh, that's like cool. The school I teach at. It's probably not gonna happen. Oh. Yeah, and I feel bad for like my, like my senior students who, I don't know if they're gonna be able to do shows this year, and like you know they dedicate dedicate like four years, you know to performing arts yeah and it means something you know i know like in the hindsight like you know now that we're older and we're adults uh we kind of look back at high school as such a small fraction of our lives like and what was important then isn't so important now yeah but i always think but like in the moment it's such a big deal and i mean like all there is is now yeah exactly and and so i i feel bad for him so i'm just like holding out hope that things get better soon yeah. I also want to go to the movies. I miss going to the movies. The movies? Oh, I miss going to the movies, too. I miss, like, paying $80 for popcorn and a drink and and just sitting there and watching a good film. Well, most films are bad to me, but... <laughs> well, well, well. <laughs> I'm very critical with movies. I'm one of those people. You're one of those. What's your favorite director? Right now? Yeah. Or like favorite directors, if that's too hard. Uh, there's a couple that I really like right now uh, that are working. Oh, man. And like I'm, I'm blanking on them. Well, I, I find it. I, I think it's amazing. Like all the Hispanic directors that are like just busting out with like amazing films. Like Inaritu, um, 
Man, it's gonna kill me that I cannot. The man who directed Birdman, I cannot believe I forgot uh, his Alfonso name. Alfonso Cuaron, was it him? Yes, I love Alfonso Cuaron. He is amazing. Yeah. I, uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro has been like killing it for like years now. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro has been killing it. Alfonso Cuaron killing it. I remember I went through a David Lynch phase. <laughs> oh, okay. And a Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick, Kubrick face. Yeah, those are all legends in the film industry. Right. I I saw, I think my, like, so I have a couple of favorite movies, but, like, one of my most recently favorite, have you seen Moonlight? Uh, no. I know. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's on Netflix. Yeah. Very, very powerful. I also like Lady Bird a lot. Have you seen Lady Uh, Bird? Lady Bird was so cute, and I liked it, too. Me, yeah, it was cute, and it was just like so. It's such a like coming of age film, fit for like the times of like uh, I feel like what many kids are kind of living through right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there's a there's a lot of good films. <sighs> well, Anna, I think uh, nice conversation, but it's getting late. Yep. And well, yeah, you're I, an hour ahead. I do have to. I do have to uh, prep for tomorrow online school and you might have to eat some dinner or something right yep i got off of work and i didn't even eat today i just realized i had breakfast and then i had popcorn and that was it what'd you eat for breakfast i had left well it was like more brunch i guess it was like around noon but um i ate halal guys yesterday and i had some leftover so i just made pita bread with hummus and the leftover stuff that sounds pretty delicious. It was really bomb. Do you ever uh, make, uh, like, you have friends out there. Do you ever make them, like, some classic Mexican dishes? I haven't done Some a... sopita? <laughs> I've done that for myself. Uh, I haven't really cooked for a large group of people while uh, being out here. Just that I don't have time. And when I do, mm, I don't know. Something always comes up or it's for a reason. Yeah, you're on the on the go kind of lifestyle right now, I bet. Where yeah. It's just like go, 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 go. Yeah, that's how it feels uh, like. Yeah, you're on the you're in the hustle mode. But, well, I mean, and you're probably going to be there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but, it's, but it's always nice to sit down and just enjoy a bowl of sopa. Exactly. Right? I agree. <laughs> All right, then. Well, you have a lovely day, Anna. I appreciate you doing this podcast. Um, and oh, and if you want to plug anything, go ahead and plug some stuff. Oh. We'll tag you. We, I always tag people, but you know, yes. feel free to let people know follow, about the stuff you need. You want them to know about. Follow my Instagram, both my personal one. I'm pretty sure sure you'll tag me, and then obviously follow uh, Desert of My Eye. And all right then. And that's it. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be it and that'll be it uh, alright then you have a beautiful night Anna thank you no problem you too